being like every moment, right? We're not living for Sundays anymore. We're living for the next moment, which could be in two seconds or two minutes. Those are considered moments, right? Two seconds ago yeah. is already passed. Cannot take it back. Done. It's gone. So mm-hmm. I feel like our conversation is giving me that hope to my reality, my vision, my worldly view of it coming together. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. Welcome to the decision table today. We really welcome you here. And, you know, like, I'm really excited to get to know you. I have not met you before this moment. So I've heard you're an awesome human doing some crazy good stuff. So I'm looking forward to finding out more about you and what you think. And the lens we're using this month on the decision table is a lens that I think is just so important right now. And that is the need for a new approach to leadership. You know, if we keep doing things the same way, we're going to get the same results, right? And what if we could actually look at how can we be more effective as leaders? What can that look like? What questions do we even need to start asking or maybe have different conversations? And so every day this month, I've been having amazing conversations on the decision table. And really, it's just to find out more about you as a human and how you think and what you're seeing and just see if we can, you know, get some new insights, go deeper, maybe think about a little more about an area, something has come up before on a decision table around this. You know, that's why I like the fact I don't always know everyone that comes on the table (laughs) because I get to know, maybe I get to see a different perspective today. And so I'm really looking forward to that. So thank you for being here. Yes. Thank you for allowing me to be here. I'm excited. Now, one thing I do know about you is that you identify definitely as a human activist. Is this true? Absolutely. Where's this come from? You know, I'm not really sure exactly where it comes from, but here's a question that people have asked me before. And I don't know if you've been asked this question, but it's the exact, do you remember the exact moment that you were self-aware? And when I was asked this question, I thought to myself, wait a second, I feel like I've always been self-aware and it's just kind of like developed because I feel like I'm the same Alyssa as I was as a child. And then it's just gotten more and more like zoned in and out at the same time, if that makes sense. So yeah, fascinating. My humanism just really comes from that self-awareness from even just being a child, a toddler, you know, and and recognizing things. Were you in an environment that encouraged you to think that way? What was the question? Uh, Were you, did you grow up in an environment where this was encouraged? I think absolutely. So I grew up in a very hostile environment, super bad, or, you know, what we think is bad now. Just a lot of drugs, a lot of rape and molestation, neglect. So definitely didn't have the love. But one thing um, as a child was I was super afraid of the light, super afraid of the light. 
I could not stand the light being on. And if there was a light on, it had to be like sunlight coming from the window. And I just felt super like, I don't know how to explain it, just very seen. And so when I was in the dark, I felt free and I felt like nobody could see me and I could be a ninja. And it's kind of funny now because I'm a mixed martial artist now. I fight now, you know, teach kids, teach women, teach people all over how to actually defend themselves using their mind, body and spirit. But yeah, so I would say definitely my environment kind of led me to understanding why this was happening to me personally um, Mm -hmm. and that there was going to be better. Funny thing about that is that I was the opposite. I hated the dark because bad things happened in the dark. So there was like this real hate of the dark and I love the light. Isn't yeah, that interesting? I, it was so interesting because I knew a lot of Kind kids, of similar, um, similar environments, not necessarily the drug side of it so much, but I relate a lot to some of the other things that you said then. And so in my case, I hated the dark. In fact, even coming into younger adult and and things like that, I hated the dark for a long, long time. Wow. Yeah, you know, I I tell people a lot that I was so much in the dark that I developed like a night vision. So usually if I go with like a group of friends and we're hiking something in the dark, I'm usually the one that can see perfect, hear perfect, kind of know what's going on in the dark perfect just because... I was always there, you know, and <laughs> I don't know. So, so I've got, I, I relate to that piece because I'm very, very good in the dark because I've always been very aware. I grew in awareness because of my environment. And so because of that, it, throughout my life, I've been very aware. You said that that interesting one, was there a moment? For me, I wouldn't say that I was always aware. I kind of was conditioned a lot by my environments and I didn't think so much for myself if I think of it now. I became aware a lot later in life where I realized that if I was more aware of how I was making decisions or what was happening, like I could have some control of what was happening in my life. I just couldn't find that for a long time. So for a long time, there was this time where everything was out of control. And I felt that because I was thrown from one family to another. And so I would have to adjust every time I went to a different family, right? And with that became different challenges. And not a a lot of that was very nice things that happened. And I know that I was aware of my environment, but self-aware, now that was a different story because in a lot of ways, I let my environment really condition me to how I grew up for a long time and how people perceived me for a long time. Now that's totally different now. And many people who have never heard my story would never know that was kind of my my background. Yeah, same here. And you know, it's really, um, I like that you said you were never self-aware, but you were aware. I guess our, our different definitions and our lens that we see what yeah. even where means is a huge, how, how do I say like a attribute of of that right and so when I when I talk about self-awareness I always remember just talking to myself like all the time because wow. I was so lonely and I wasn't loved and you know I just didn't have that support system that I needed as a child to develop so mm-hmm. I was there for me and that's what I mean mm-hmm. by is like I just always was there you know and I could hear my voice and I still do 
I know my voice, you know, and I've always known my voice. And honestly, knowing my voice has gotten me in a lot of trouble and also <laughs> has gotten me out of trouble. So it's it's one of those things where it's like I compare self-awareness to that inside voice. And I've always had that even when I didn't think I did because I was wow. like, Ooh, I was also conditioned by my environment. I also made some of the mistakes that my parents made. Yeah. Not knowing, you know, but also really resisting it because I knew it was against like my inner voice, you know. So when I did make those mistakes, it was like I I learned right away. I didn't have to keep making them like my family, you know. It was like one time, and I knew that that was not for me. And, wow, um, I think so maybe I you're it. a quicker, maybe you're a quicker learner than I was. <laughs> I think I uh, didn't become very self-aware for a long time of things that I could do. So it's interesting you, and, and I think this is part of if we're changing and going to the need for a new approach, right? Like on that side of it, part of changing something means that we have to look through different lenses. And you've already brought up just now is that when we look through a different lens, a lot of the time this is it's how we perceive that, how we look through that lens to maybe what we gain from that or get from that to then the next piece along that that pathway. And depending what has kind of the ver the variables that may come your way, right? Like whether it's environment, whether it's a system, whether it's a, you know, who you're hanging out with, whatever it is, you know, like it's all these different variables that can help us have a different perspective. And, you know, in my case, we're going back to that story. I didn't have a self-awareness for so long because I felt my life was so out of control and I had crossroad moments. That's what I call them. I At like that, that crossroad moment, and I can remember real specific crossroad moments. And it was at those crossroad moments that I had a choice. Was I going to continue this pathway or would I go this pathway over here? Like there was just no sitting on a fence. There was no looking at either pathway. And like, because I would die if I stayed at that point. Yeah. Like literally there was a death moment, right? And there was no going back from that. So like I had to choose, am I going this way or that way? And I keep remembering those moments where I would choose a pathway. Here's the yeah. thing. I didn't love myself. I didn't talk to myself. I don't want to hang out with me. I didn't like who me was. She wasn't that fun because she, she was this person who was really conditioned by her environment, thought she had to be saying the right things, doing the right things and being the right person for those people or otherwise I'd get in trouble. That was the problem, right? And so I know that a lot of, as I was growing up, I was the person, you know, like, I don't know, in the classroom, I was the one that at the end of the school report, that would say she's so quiet, so shy and would never speak up, right? Yeah. Well, I speak up a little bit more nowadays and I'm <laughs> not as shy as I used to be in that way, you know? So like I had those crossroad moments where I had to learn. I love myself now, but boy, did that take a long time. And I wish I could have done it much faster, which obviously you were more conscious in that way of who you were and, and you didn't, you love that person inside of you. I didn't. It took me a long time. What if we were to do that? much quicker now as leaders become more conscious. How do we do that? Absolutely. So I love that we're expanding on self-awareness because this does go into your question. What I was imagining when you were talking is that now I'm to the self-awareness. I feel like there's levels of it because you talked yeah. about like, you know, 
not really being self-aware, but also knowing that you were aware, but you know what I mean? So I feel to be optimally self-aware, you have to be able to see through every lens. It's almost like when you are using like one of those big fancy cameras that are just so amazing, right? And you have to switch the lenses, take them off, and you're like going through every single one because even one millimeter matters a difference, yeah. right? And you're a photographer. So same thing with now as even just on a leadership um, level, I feel like we should be able to as leaders see every single perspective and take something from that so if we think about it on a bigger scale let's imagine if i'm looking at earth if i want to be a leader of earth i'm looking at earth i'm seeing these humans over here doing this thing i'm doing looking at these humans over here in the country i'm not really looking at country or culture i'm just kind of like observing okay these humans like to kill each other these humans don't you know what i mean so i'm looking and I'm like, okay, what if I talk to each human, or one human from each observed like perspective that I see? Because you are going to see multiple people. This is something that I think is probably factual. If you see one person doing it, you're going to see multiple doing it, right? Even if it's two, you're still going to see more than one doing it. And so you can take someone from each of whatever you're observing and kind of ask them questions why they're doing that thing that you're observing. And you can kind of take a piece of that. And so imagine if you did that from all 7 billion humans and observing them, you kind of like got a piece of all of them and then you put it all together, you would be able to create something because every single human on this earth brings something to earth. It's not created yet. It's the unknown is where the creation is. Someone was brave enough to go to that unknown, bring it and bring it to earth. So I let, I just asked this question in a group the other day called, um, the group is actually called Awaken Your Voice. And I asked this question. I said, do you consider yourself an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, or a solopreneur? Because I consider mm. myself a solopreneur, S-O-U-L. And with that, I always imagined that when I, be, when I came into the entrepreneur world, I was kind of like, oh my God, I have to create something new to this earth, right? Someone created shoes a long time ago, but then companies created shoes and they started to make different shoes and then they sold shoes and yeah, they could be entrepreneurs too. But I really felt like as an entrepreneur, I was upheld to bring something completely unheard of, new, like just out of this world, literally into this world, into earth. That's what Mm -hmm. I really thought an entrepreneur was. And there are entrepreneurs. Our cell phone wouldn't have been created if someone didn't say, hey, I have an idea in my head. Let me bring it to this earth, right? So I feel like as leaders and at, like having to be self-aware, we should be able to be omnipresent seriously and definitely. We should be able to see every single perspective, every single thing going on and have a plan, have some kind of direction like okay that crossroads you're talking about well this is probably not going to make me feel good if i go this way it's probably not going to make me feel good if i go that way but it's probably going to make me feel good going this way and maybe i could even go a little bit that way you know i mean there's just so many things that we could do if we just saw it from the biggest lens you know um so that's kind of 
explain it. <laughs> no, I love that. And by the way, if you ask me the question, I think I'd say I'm a humanpreneur. I'm not a, <laughs> there you go. I was just had to, you know, be creative there for a second when you yeah. went there. I always get lost <laughs> in those moments. Here's the, here's the interesting thing that you say, and I think that this is, I agree that we need to look at all these different perspectives and look at taking on board on that. So there's a few things around this. Sounds good in theory when you look at it as a bird's eye and you use that as a big lens. Totally agree, get that. I love, I was a nomadic CEO and I took cameras on the road. And I have to tell you, by the end of that, when before lockdown came, my cameras got less and less and less on the road because they become so heavy when you bring different lenses. And uh, so I get that whole analogy. I think it's fantastic. Here's the thing about it, though, is that sometimes that heaviness is that how do we get more lenses at the table? How do we get, you know, people listening to a different perspective? How do we get, you know, being able to be more conscious of what and grow this awareness, our own self-awareness of how we can use different lenses if we don't even know what those are or the perspectives or, and, and in a lot of ways where the world is heading right now, there's an openness to it, yet it's even more difficult in some situations because we don't want to say the wrong things. We don't want to upset people. We don't, we want to respect. We're not even sure how to begin this conversation. There's so much around that, right? How do we do that in reality? So good in theory. How do we do it in reality? Well, that's a good question. So I thought about this and I feel like we should pick a source. And I do 100% inevitably believe in my soul that the United States of America is a source. I really believe it's a source. I believe that if we could somehow get America to work together, because if we think about it in a historical way, I mean, really in any way, America points to diversity. It was literally founded on diversity, and yet it still doesn't even uphold to its own principles. There are still people not accepting the diversity, where other countries are dying, literally trying to get to America for this diversity, which knows it has control over a lot of things, right? Oil and gas, I mean, economies, you name it. Why is it a coincidence that, or synchronicity, that English is kind of a must in every single country, but mm -hmm. yet all other languages aren't really a must in America? And if we really, truly, truly think about it, the number one language is love and gesture and presence. You would be able to communicate safely and openly with someone that you feel is okay to do that with. You can feel energy before you feel to talk or speak or anything, you know, going back to your childhood, you probably just didn't feel safe. That's why did. you didn't open up. I personally never felt safe on my around my surroundings, but I felt safe on my inside. I truly wow. did. Like I knew I was there, you know, like I knew I had a thinking brain, even though people told me I did it. You know, yeah. I knew yeah. there was something in there. And so, yeah, I really feel like we, if a theory, if you wanted to bring that theory to earth, 
It would truly have to be that you would find a source and you would massively change that thinking. Because I do believe that it comes from the consciousness, the inside to come out and to kind of like lure people in, you know, because I feel like everything is a choice by thought. I truly believe that. I feel like me getting on this phone with you was a thought and a choice and I did it. I Mm. succeeded. Right. So same thing. I think that once we get America to kind of flow (laughs) rather than fight against each other, then the whole world has no choice but to kind of fall in line. Because me personally, being an American, I can see other countries that thrive off of their own like system or don't thrive off of their own systems. Right. But I at least see them trying. America kind of doesn't try. They don't really allow. It's more like they like have set on history. Like we were, we wrote the constitution. I don't know when. And it's like, that is still a thing. And you can't, I feel like you can and can't continue of evolution. If you're stuck in that same, well, it's gotta be like this. It's gotta be like this. It's gotta be like this. Well, there wasn't cell phones back then. There wasn't cars back then. You know, there weren't, There weren't a lot of things back then that, yeah, that could have definitely been. But I think that we should be able to amend just that piece of paper, which is also amend our our thinking is the most important because that piece of paper was written by thought first. So that's kind of what I think. And we can elaborate on that. But I do think that if we get one big piece of source just flowing, then it just has no choice but to. So firstly, firstly, I love, I love the fact that here on the table, there is no judgment zone. So like, I love the fact that you can say what you just did for the Australians that may be listening to this. I can feel the prickles already coming up because here's the thing, right? Or because I live in Australia and we're about to celebrate Australia Day tomorrow. So it's interesting listening to you say that the source and America's got it and the diversity because I know, here's the thing, I class myself as a global child. I really do because I have had literally the privilege to travel, to learn, to engage with so many different cultures and I love it and I have a real heart for America. So I hear what you're saying on that side. I also know... I live in Australia and Australians would be very strong on saying, how do you think that you have the source there and that everything flows from that? I could feel the prickles already, you know, from some of the listeners. But here's the prickles. Nikhil says prickles. Yes. But I think what I love about what you said, and I think this is what we've always got to gain from listening from a different perspective is that there is some richness that I have never experienced in another country other than in the USA. And that's because you have so many more people than what we do, say, in Australia or New Zealand over this side of the, or Fiji, any of the islanders, like you have, your numbers are so much greater. And because of that, you have a huge buffet of amazing cultures which brings beautiful, and I say distinctions to the table. I don't talk about diversity so much because I think diversity has been so talked about and a negative, but I love that we come as humans first and we bring our distinctions. So you have an amazing array of distinctions in the USA. Now, the problem is, and you've already alluded to this, is that this huge division. 
how do you feel or what do you see that you talked about love but let's we've got to keep bringing this back into reality of love is awesome don't get me wrong it is so powerful and it's the one thing as humans that we can all connect on we know well most people know how to love or have received some love maybe they haven't and maybe that's why it's so difficult you know that that connection is so so difficult as a human race but what if what if we are to actually bring this to reality and and see that the USA comes together more and division is left behind how do you see that happening what do you see needing to be happening to make that that a truth not just a great idea or a you know perceived reality because it's not at this moment i just simply see acceptance that's it just like you mentioned that we that some of the australians you know have some prickles coming <laughs> up well it's, it's that resistance to acceptance right i'm i'm only speaking what i feel if that yeah. makes prickles on you that's that's your entire world is being compromised whether it's good or bad something is making your prickles come out right so yeah. acceptance acceptance to i am who i am and i bring yes. this thing to earth and you are who you are and you bring that thing to earth you know yeah. i mean there's so many different countries that are like this um china like they're just like in their own little you know and not all of them i can't say all of them right because mm. if they were born and raised in america it's a little bit different you're gonna see every other culture like washington dc i lived there for a while every culture i mean I'm sure there's some culture from everywhere in Washington, DC, at least one family or one wow. person. And when I was able to, when I was there and experiencing it, I could not believe how accepting that Washington, DC was, yeah. you know, I expected it to not be, but I mean, they literally, the government literally brings people from other countries to run its government. Literally, like I had family, my boxing coach, his family was from Chile and his wife worked for the embassy. So they paid for him and his family and wow. gave them citizenship to the Americas just so she could help run the government against America or with America. And I like to say against because I do feel um, living in Washington, D.C. and then living in New Mexico, there is some kind of division. Washington, D.C. is mm -hmm. called the District of Columbia, which therefore it runs the United States, but it is not a part of the United States, essentially. It is, but it's not considered a state. It's considered a district. Yeah. Now, why is that? I don't think yeah. a lot of Americans ask these questions to themselves or even have read the Constitution that they're kind of found on, you know, because the constitution starts with we the people and it's not we the divisional people, it's we the people. So, and it doesn't say we the people, white people, we the people, black people, we the, it's we the people, you know, yeah. I think yeah. that a lot of people create this division. Once again, every single thing on this earth is thought first. Yes. And I do truly believe that connection and acceptance is one of the first because you can see it in children. You look at children, they accept everything. Why? Because they're growing and they're learning. Everything is literally new to them. They yeah. have literally never seen it before. You know, you take a child to the candy shop for the first time ever, they will be ecstatic because it's the first time ever. You show them a dresser and the drawers that pull out, 
they're going to be ecstatic because it's the first time ever. Now, if we could live that innocence as every single day is the first day ever, which inevitably is, this is the new day. It's the first yeah. day of this day ever, you know? So I do feel like it goes to that connection. It goes to that acceptance. And once we literally think that and feel that and believe that, then it just has no choice but to thrive and be creative and new amendments will come and boom. And then all the countries will kind of see that too, because I have, I haven't been to other countries, but I've been to other places that are essentially the United States is like full of little countries. If I like to really I would say that actually, I do say that every <laughs> state's like a little country itself. It really is. And you can yeah. see culture. You can see if they accept black people or if they accept this kind of person or they accept this kind of freedom because there are like like Reiki masters, right? Some people frown upon it. Some people are like, oh my God. Some people think it's evil. You know what I mean? There's just, it's the thought pool. And I like to bring it back to a thought pool, right? It's when you're in an environment, there's a certain thought pool that happens within that culture and then you're in it and you get to choose to do what that culture is doing or not. You know, yeah. it's just all choice and thought and acceptance and connection. That's just what I think. <laughs> no, I love that. And I wonder how, as leaders, we can bring more connection and acceptance into the leadership landscape. Have you any thoughts on that? Uh, on on a, what kind of level are you? Whatever level elaborate. comes to your head, whatever happens in your head, that's the <laughs> level we're talking about. <laughs> I just feel like as leaders, just do it. You know, like I personally plan on running for president in the United States of America. Mm -hmm. And that's me doing it. That's me putting myself in a leadership role, which is huge. And really not just speaking it, but doing it, doing everything, being accepted. So being the role model, just getting out there and doing it. Doing it. And doing yeah. it, doing all of it, doing like I, I read, I don't know if you've ever read this book. Um, it's called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind by Vishen Lakyan. I have not. No. Okay. If you haven't, you should. Anyway, it is um he goes, he goes to this like village in the Amazon or something, and there the like elderly women, if I remember correctly, and I might be off a little, but they like chew this stuff and like get this certain saliva. And then that's what they give to the kids and to the men and you drink the saliva. And so he's in this book saying like, okay, I was really like, I am not drinking that saliva, you know, but that was his first initial reaction based on his conditioning and all of, you know, whatever his childhood and all that. But then he came to the acceptance. Well, let me try it first. Let me experience it to, to have a true judgment on it. If you're going to yeah. judge it. Right. And so that's what I kind of like tie it to, like try everything. I can never speak on something that I've never tried. Like a man will never know how it feels to have a baby unless somehow magically, you know, the world evolves into that. But right now, inevitably, in reality, a man really couldn't speak upon having a child even if that man studied gynecology for 50 plus years he will never really understand because he hasn't done it you know and the same thing with women we would never understand the same and and some qualities of men because we are not that you know and i think that's so unique i think that we can as leaders bring this uniqueness even through just talking um and presence 
to someone. Imagine just having met someone for the first time and then they just created something out of the blue because you gave them such presence of belief. You were that belief. You were that acceptance. You were that thing that you talk about and do and that just brought that out in them because you were there and you were in their reality, right? You stood in their reality as belief. Therefore, they had to accept it or not inevitably. If that makes sense, <laughs> that's kind of how yeah, I see it. <laughs> it's interesting. No, no, no. It's very, very interesting. So then you're saying if I, so if you role model that and I come in within that, then it starts filtering into my world. And so then it becomes an accepting thing. Is that what you're saying on that? Or are you? Absolutely. But you still yeah. have that choice. You, but still, you still have, have a choice. Okay. Yeah, that's Nikhil says. Nikhil says Kira Marie does that all the time. Please elaborate on that, Nikhil. Yes, Nikhil, (laughs) I love. I would like to hear more on that one. So here's the thing that I think is interesting. I think the piece is interesting that if we role model it, I totally agree on that. Where we need to know what it is that we're role modeling. So being very firm on that. I love the fact that you're very conscious of what that looks like for you and you're going for that. So you're going to be that role model that represents what you're thinking and, and you're doing. I don't know that everyone, and I think that is where, you know, conscious being more of a conscious leader allows us to be more self-aware and so then we're able to be making decisions like that and and so i think firstly it'd be interesting because i wonder what it would take for people to be more self-aware and what that would look like in a, a new approach to leadership i also wonder that if we were to stand more strong and there were more people standing strong as individuals how does that work as a collaborative and i do think that this is an interesting concept because where you think that this is all right for you, I might think that it's all right for me. In fact, we're not bringing that together. We're actually bringing more division by doing that. And yet this is really important. So where do we bridge that gap? I feel like personally on the collaborative level, it still starts with self. And I guess I can really elaborate on this a little bit more as I'm picturing it, but yeah. How do I get an example out? Because I can see it in my head, but I can't really get okay, it out what, right now. That's all right. What do you see? We'll play here. <laughs> I'm seeing that, you know, from self, self gets to make decisions, right? And self gets to see what's going on. And when I see what's going on, I see, well, I have some kind of contribution to what I don't like as a human, as a conscious being. I have some kind of contribution to that, right? So for example, America just had an election, right? I don't know if you knew that, but America oh, just yeah, had an election. Oh yeah, sure knew that. <laughs> okay, so then there's there's two parties, right? There's only yeah. two. So in my mind, here's how Alyssa thinks. Hmm, why is there only two when we have over 400 million people in this America and my ballot only has two? Why? Why is that? Because we have contributed as a society for so long. And that's all we know. It's kind of like we just see this for the first time ever. Right. Because in our lifetimes, I'm only 28. In my lifetime, I've only ever seen that system Two, Mm -hmm. two. So I'm only used to two until one day someone says, hey, 
Why don't yeah. we put thousands of people on this ballot and we start looking them up just like we do on TikTok and Facebook, Instagram and see what they're about? Because that's what I'm going to do when I run for president. No one's going to know who Alyssa is, mm. but people are going to start knowing and people are going to start seeing what my concept is. The more that I paint it, the more that I have support, the more that I bring it out into the reality, the more that I become it then people will know. And then the ones that don't know, there will be thousands of people they can look on the ballot and they can say, hmm, I'm gonna look up Alyssa Montez on TikTok and I'm gonna look it up on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, that's who Alyssa Montez is. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to bring this new system into this world, yes or no. And mm -hmm. that's it, you do or you yeah. don't, right? So I do think on a collaborative level, it starts small, it starts with being yeah your vision, being it, literally living it, even when you don't have it, you just got to completely inevitably be it and be it and be it. And then the things will start to fall into place. You know, just like I say, like the same thing with a cell phone. I'm sure it was just a thought. And then it was like, well, let's try this. Oh, wait, let's put some crystals in there. Oh, wait, let's, you know what I mean? And oh, your friend said, oh, let's make screen look like this. And okay, yeah. And boom, it happened. So because as a society, we already have only seen the way the world works, even in Australia, yeah. I don't know how your government works, but it's probably been working the same way for a lot of years until someone says, hey, I don't want to do it like this anymore. But hey, do you want to come? Yeah. On my, you it's, know? it's an interesting thought that you just said. Then one of the things that I think is interesting is that if we look at, say, the Australian government, there has been huge, the same kind of look the same kind of feel of who is represented uh, as our prime minister here in Australia, although we have had, you know, a female and she's amazing, um, Julia Gillard. But and as I've actually researched her more and more when she's finished her time as president, prime minister, sorry, here in Australia, it's interesting the things that she came up against because of what you speak of, which is a systemic side of it, the, the side that is so ingrained because that's just the way we've always done it. And I often thought from the conversations that I've had with the older generation who are very set on how government should run, both in the US but in Australia, just in regards to where the government was here, I said, that's great, but we are always only ever going to have that. And what happens when all those people die? What, what is the next generation that's coming up? Because here's the thing, there is not the next generation coming up into government. Like we don't see them now. If they are, they're very few and far between and they're hidden because they're not in our view. Right. And I think that this is the interesting thing. If we think of it as a broader thing and go, are we actually not even not even laying it on the table of what is worked or sorry, what has not worked or and we're not going to continue that. What is working now? And we want to take some of that on. But there's other ways, maybe if we open up our view that we can see a different perspective and go, 
oh, there's maybe even some different opportunities or pathways we can take at that crossroad, right? And I think that's the interesting thing is that we're still so stuck in old systemic ways. We're still stuck with old thinking. And that's why I totally believe there's a need for a new approach to leadership. And part of it is looking at what are the systems that are put in place? Is this helping and being effective for us? Here's the other piece of this. And I think this goes beautifully into, segues into. One of the things that I believe is so needed as a new approach to leadership, and that is humanity as stakeholders at the decision table. Yes. (laughs) Any thoughts around that? I I think you might have a few. Oh, I have to tell you a funny story. So there for a while, and Nikhil knows this, I was online for a while before even COVID hit and I was doing like Mm. podcasts and stuff. And I said, well, if there are landlords of this earth, I want to speak to them because (laughs) I don't really like the choices that I have based upon my background, my family's background and blah, 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 blah. And I only have a certain amount of choices on where I get to live on earth. Because mm-hmm. of who I am and the citizen, I didn't get to choose that. No. I need to speak with those landlords, you know? And so it does bring me back to the elite who are truly the elite of the world because they are the ones that are leading humanity. And I think about it even too on internet. Who's leading internet? Why are you putting ads? Why are we even in that? Like you could totally, right now in this moment, they have the the technology to interrupt this and put some kind of whatever they want on our screen and tell us something's going on in the world, blah, 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 blah. They could do that. Why don't, and why don't they use it for encouragement? And why don't they use it for good? You know what I mean? Like, because we will have scared people putting things on there. That is why they don't do it. (laughs) But it could happen. It's possible. It's possible. And so I just look at possibilities. I really do. I look at a lot of possibilities and then I like to tie it in and kind of think, oh, well, let's make it funny, you know, like the landlord thing. Yeah, I want to talk to the landlords of the earth. Who told me that I can't live in this country because I was born in this country? I didn't get a choice. You know what I mean? So it's those little things that are so big, so big. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Who are the landlords? And it's kind of like, you're right. It's those that are making the top at the top decision tables, making the decisions. Yeah, (laughs) like that. That's what they are. So become one of those people that are the, and that's, see, here's the other conversation around that is I hear so often, oh, but there's all these challenges. There's all these things. And and I'm guilty of this. I didn't even want to be represented in, in leadership. I didn't want to work in leadership. And there was a reason to it. I didn't like leadership. I thought it was very old school. I thought there was like this old style of leadership that you just have three principles and, and that's the only way you do leadership. And I was like, yeah, look where it's getting us across the world and in many different, you know, situations. And I was like, I don't really want to be associated with that. That kind of sounds really bad. And then I realized that actually, yes, there's a lot of challenges. Yes, there's a lot of things. By the way, there's a lot of things that are working, but there is a lot that needs to change. And there's a lot of fear around that change. I know I'm seeing it on the decision table almost every day, someone bringing that up. And what is interesting about that is that we have a choice to either run from it or add to it or ignore it (laughs) yes and and i go well okay if i don't like leadership then what am i willing what am i gonna own up to and make sure 
that I don't add to that to leadership, but I bring something new, that I can bring something that is going to be much more beneficial for humans going forward and leave behind footprints for the next generation and the generations and the generations to come. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not often how leadership is thinking. So that's where I ended up back into leadership going, you know what? (laughs) And really, I just, I'm back into humanity. I just, I mean, I think as humans, you know, there's so much that we lead, whether we're a mom at home with children, you're leading the next generation right? Whether you're running a small community and you have a lot of people who have disabilities and you're bringing a community together to support that, you're a leader. And there's just so many ways, whether you are, you know, former presidents of countries, you are a leader, you have been a leader and you will continue to be a leader because people are looking up to you. How are you going to do that? And how does humanity come back to the table and be stakeholders at the table? And I can definitely, here's another segue is children. We have got to inevitably invest in our children because one thing that I did here growing up all the time, still hear parents saying it, you're too young to know that. Mm. You'll understand when you get older. Um, Yeah, I used to have that the way. Right? I mean, so there's these Mm. so many little, little things that mean so much to this world. Well, the kids are here. So even if they do get older and will understand later, how are you going to teach them to even understand to understand? Mm. What does that mean? You tell a kid sometimes, you'll understand when you get older. Well, what does understand mean? A child needs to know what every single word and every single sentence means to understand the sentence, right? You can't just tell them something because then they need to know every word to be able to get the whole picture. So I think, and you can see it right now, that the world is changing right now because the children are different now because yeah. of the are changing now. They're really teaching them mindfulness. We didn't see this 10 years ago. We yeah. didn't see a lot of mindfulness. I don't we even know if I knew what stuff. that word was 10 years ago, you kind of thing, you know? Yeah. They, I mean, you didn't, mm. you didn't hear about self-awareness. You didn't hear about veganism. You didn't hear about all these things yeah. that could raise your vibration. You didn't hear about frequency you didn't hear about it. But now that you're hearing about it, the kids are listening. And the ki- even if you tell a child you're too young, they are still gonna ponder. Their little wheels are still gonna turn and they're still gonna be different. And so even if we didn't change the United States or Australia government or any other governments, it's inevitably gonna change because the thinking is already changing in the children. Mm. But we could speed up the process in our generation so we can enjoy it too with our children that's just how i see it why am i gonna wait why when i have this voice and i have this way of being and i have these concepts to bring to earth because i could sit of the elite of the world of the world i don't know who that is i still haven't figured it out but i could sit across from that man or woman and simply say my concepts with uttermost confidence because they're possible Mm. I do think it's so good. (laughs) No. And I, and I think that this is the thing, right? Like brought up an interesting, interesting thought. And that was the whole, Hey, I'm too young. I think that we have to get so over that. Like if I ever hear that now, if I ever hear that now, I'm just like, really? Like, 
seriously. <laughs> I, I, you know, I lived for years hearing that comment. We, and, and we lived with it. We accepted it. Oh, I am too young. Yeah, but I never accepted it. It bugged me. It really bugged me. <laughs> it bugged me too. <laughs> and, and I was like, no, I'm not too young, but I don't really know where I've got to have a voice or can have a voice. And I think that that was always a challenge. So I believed, I even believed that amongst all the messy curamari, I believed that. And so I kept working out what is this voice once I became more aware of what, what that looked like and then how do I use that? How can we, how can we create, you know, like just even in the last, I love it. You're 28. The one I had on yesterday was 21. How can we create more platforms where the younger generation are having a voice at that table? I feel like being playful, to be honest, that is just one thing that lets creativity flow. Because I feel yeah. like a lot of people, older people, like you have mentioned, are stuck in that like way of being. It's almost like, well, like let's let's take your podcast for example. Um, mm. The decision table within the middle. Why isn't it on the side? What you know what I mean? Like because you like it like that. I feel yeah. like the young generation simply don't care. They're more like. I want to see it. I want to, I want to just feel it. I just want to like be there. I just want to do it. I just want, you know what I mean? Like I need, I just, I have to experience it. You know, it's not about the positioning of the experience. It's more so just do it. Just be, because if you think about it, like when, when I was a child, I used to think, well, when am I just going to be able to be, even now I think about it, I'm like, why is there so many rules, you know, around everything that you do when you come on a podcast, when you, when you go driving, when you go to the store, I mean, uh, why are there, anyway, why didn't we have a garden? Because that's the way it is. You know, there's just a lot of things. Like I want to, I want to just be able to wake up and experience the day, you know, like I just want to do the day. I don't want to have to like schedule something a week ahead. You know, we scheduled ours yesterday. That to me is still kind of like, (laughs) it's still kind of like, oh my God, you know what I mean? Why can't I just like, hey, let me run into you and boom, we're on the decision table, you know? So, but I do think that there are pros and cons to that, right? I I do truly believe that. I do think that sometimes it is good to plan. Sometimes I do like being prepared, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's that happy medium. And I think that the younger generation is bringing that to light. Like, hey, 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 hold up on the rules. Hold up on the rules gonna be fun it's gonna be fine I promise even if it sucks it's still gonna be fine but also let's do a little bit of planning you know so we're we're I feel like as the younger generation we're in that middle and we just really I feel like we just want to experience and I feel like the older generation is the same way sometimes I catch my grandparents they raised me they're 80 they are just as surprised as children sometimes you know because their generation didn't experience that and then it's the way that you explain it. So me as a younger generation explaining something to my 80 year old grandma is not the way I'm talking to you. It's something totally different. Her ways of viewing and everything is so opposite. And so I have to explain it in ways that she understands. And I think that inevitably we're going to get to that point where we don't have to explain ourselves. I know, right? It's so nobody likes to. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's hard work. It's hard work, right? To find the analogy to fit that football player. Okay. Well, yeah. like when you run a play, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
I just find it so tiring. It's like, yeah. wow. Okay, yeah. now I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to get, and it's like I get exhausted from it. Yeah, by the time they get it, you're just like, oh, I don't even want to see it anymore. <laughs> well, I get, I get to do that a lot with my work. I work with extremes. I have been at those closed doors with the what you would say the elite, and honestly, they're, these, these were phenomenal world leaders, literally world leaders. And then I've sat in the, the villages in the dirt with the kids, with the, then the leaders of the the education part of the village and then with the chief like I get to work in extremes I get to play in so many different environments but I can tell you it's exhausting trying to communicate and close that gap from one you know what I call the top decision tables to the front line of humanity and closing that gap it's tiring and it's such a joy when you get to play like I just think that's so good and you know that's my I always say there what's the one thing that you're going to take from today and for me today it's that it's to how can we create environments where it's not always the rules it's not always having it perfect it's not always having it and and in some ways the decision tables a bit like this because i had a i had a um she's a client but she's also a, a friend as well and a photographer and she was like you do i loved when you wore your jacket and yeah and i was like yeah because i looked the piece right like it was on brand <laughs> but it's not on brand because actually i'm just as comfortable being in a singlet top with my cap on sweat coming down my face and just rocking up and having a conversation and so yeah. I, I do that on the decision table too I'm not always you know like I, I look whatever I feel like I want to look like you said today you know like yeah. I just turn up going what am I going to do today that's how I'm going to be that's what I'm going to feel like and I do that because that's so true to my brand and who I am and I want people to be able to for us to have these conversations we've got to be able to do that so what I've got I'm taking from today is how can I be that playful in maybe other areas and also how can I have these conversations where there is that playfulness so that I can very much involve you know the younger generation as part of that lens at that table so I'm really grateful for that today what is it you're taking from our conversation today what is what's something maybe that's an insight or a learning or a thing that you know you've gained from today's conversation I'm gaining that the world and universes and dimensions are coming together because I to well sorry I didn't used to but when I do my Reiki sessions mm -hmm. I so of course I'm gonna explain it in visual right so I kind of lift their bodies their light mm -hmm. bodies and mm -hmm. once I get them really high I start aligning all of their lifetimes so I'll start bringing all their lifetimes together and boom boom hit inside their light body right to create their ultimate light body if I feel they're ready in their session so when I bring that to this today is I feel like that's what's happening because you, I don't know how old you are, but you are probably an older generation. A little bit older than you are right now. <laughs> but you know, I even think like two years now is such a difference, you know, in the way that we think like, interesting. yeah, it's getting to that point where I'm telling you everything is being like every moment, right? We're not living for Sundays anymore we're living for the next moment which could be in two seconds or two minutes you know those are considered moments right two seconds ago yeah. is already passed cannot take it back it's done it's gone so mm -hmm. i feel like our conversation is giving me that hope to my my reality my vision my worldly view 
of it coming together. And your platform is just great for that. And I'm so grateful to have been able to talk to that because <laughs> talk to you on this platform about what I do feel and have compassion in my soul because I did give up everything for these thoughts and these theories yeah. and people asking, me, oh yeah, that's, that's a good theory, but where's the reality? Well, let me show you, you know, yeah. and you gave me that chance to open up. And so that's that, that's that acceptance and that love and that presence that I talked about in mm. how people open up, you know, so you must have had the right audience, you know, something there's yeah. everything. <laughs> so that's I, what I'm <laughs> I think this is all part and parcel. Sorry to interrupt that. I think it's all part and parcel to humanity being stakeholders at the table, you know, and, and every one of us coming as humans first. And then um, you know, the value that you add, the distinctions you add is is just value. It's just beautiful. I love it. So thank you for that. If anyone wants to connect with you more and you know, get involved with what you do, what's the best way for them to do that? Currently, just Facebook and Instagram. My, my, I can actually put those in the comments. Um, Perfect. My Instagram is Boxing Gem 10P. Yep. <laughs> and then also my Facebook is Alyssa Montez. And that's it for now because I am on the physical world right now. The online world, I did that. I'm still doing it. I'm just doing a little bit more strategic. And that's mm -hmm. also, I can we can talk about is just using all of your resources strategically. Um, wow. And so right now I'm in the physical world creating, got a big project coming up. I'm opening my own school. I do aspire to open up my own private college. So, I mean, this is where I'm going to bring all those worldly leaders mm -hmm. and landlords that I talk about. So yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. But other than that, just Facebook and Instagram. That's <laughs> awesome. And what a great place to connect there. I love that. Okay, so if you were to, we we need to finish up the broadcast, but I want to give you, you know, your chance. If there's something that you want to say, want to say again, want to leave our listeners, those that have either been on here or a lot of people tend to go on the replays on these, what would you leave them with today? I would leave them with accept the possibilities, even mm. when they when they are just in theory in your world accept that and then ask the questions also just know that the unknown is the ultimate creation hmm. thank you <laughs> thank you for physically being here today but yeah. <laughs> your playfulness from you know a lot of thoughts that you are obviously percolating putting together and beginning to become that role model of what you want the world to see so thank you for sharing that and bringing that into this platform i'm so grateful for you today and your willingness to just be so open about that because then i can i can get a different lens at the table and hopefully those that are listening i'm sure that i've got lots of golden nuggets from this as well so thank you i really appreciate you thank you namaste amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode make sure you subscribe ensure you leave an awesome rating and review our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness activates ownership to what is next a curiosity for the need to be part of the change and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. 
To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.